It's Afton. China Lewis is a Taiwanese-Canadian pop R&B singer-songwriter based in Toronto. Her music deftly weaves R&B, soulful vocals, and folk into classic pop songwriting, creating a dreamy, modern, genre-blurring sound. Her unique style can be found in her self-produced EP, What Are Friends For? As of late, the EP was spotlighted on CBC Radio 1, as well as a number of major international Spotify playlists. As a vocalist, China has supported artists such as Ed Sheeran and Jesse Reyes, and has appeared on stages such as The Late Night Show with James Corden, The Budweiser Stage, and Scotiabank Arena. That said, this is China Lewis. Like, first things first, I was listening to your song, What Are Friends For? And I was jamming to that quite mm. a bit, mm. right? For me personally, I, I enjoy listening to words. I've always been a story-driven type mm. of person. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't help but listen to your song and feel like it was a, a one-sided relationship, whether platonic or... It, it felt more platonic to me, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, can you tell me about the creation of that song? Yeah, so that song in particular, I wrote in 2020 during sort of the height of the social movement when a lot of, you know, our, a lot of racialized issues were sort of bubbling up to the surface. And I just found myself very clearly seeing two groups of people in the community of friends and coworkers that there was one group who was really suffering and really in it. And then there was another group that was completely removed, almost by choice, because it was hard to not be aware of what was going on, Yeah, you know? So the fact that there were just some people who weren't reaching out or chose not to talk about that with you, just kind of uncomfortable or whatever, was very disappointing, you know? Yeah. It's just like, you know, you're... You know, your friends of, especially your friends of color are really suffering and really um, facing this thing that, you know, perhaps isn't the most, it, it's, it's been an important movement, but not in any way fun um, yeah. time to go through. So that was sort of my, um, and there was no specific person that I wanted to address. It was just like that, a select group of people that I was feeling that feeling towards. So I you know, when I sat down, that just all kind of came out in one, mm. in one sitting. And that was, it's just, I needed to expel that, that frustration. Yeah. And yeah, so. You, you mentioned that it wasn't about one specific person. Mm -hmm. It was more about a certain, I wouldn't say demographic. Would I say demographic? Maybe. Anyway, do you write your songs in that way when speaking or when telling your story, stories or like are you more keen to individuals hmm. i think i do both yeah yeah in this like usually it's probably towards an individual or just speaking to a specific experience or what i think a person's perspective is mm. like not my own but like maybe this is how they felt in in this moment um and it's usually pretty sort of disclosing how their perspective is you know how they're feeling about a certain situation but in this case there was there was just a select number of people that i i knew that they knew i wasn't doing all right with with like the just it was it was a hard time and it was a hard time for everybody so i don't um blame anyone for perhaps not having the capacity but even just like a reach out like hey i'm thinking about you hey like how 
how are you doing or whatever, just things that take minimal effort. Mm. And, and instead some of the conversation was steered more towards like regular life things. I could check out this new haircut or a new couch. And I'm just like, I can't talk about that right yeah. now. You know what I mean? And just, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where that was directed. I find it really interesting. Uh, a little bit, a, a short background about mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm from South Africa. I grew up in South Africa, mm. right? Um, but even in South Africa, uh, I'm mixed, right? So I was different there. So I, I can't really, um, I don't know how to tell the tale of other people, right? And this was something that uh, while I was in uni, um, my profs were like battering me about, right? Mainly because I didn't have the capacity. I, I really didn't know, right, in my circumstances of how to actually tell a story of someone that isn't mixed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I found that like very impossible. But then when you're saying that, um, hey, like I can tell the story, mm-hmm. uh, I find it very interesting how like Westerners, I'm going to use that term, mm-hmm. but how Westerners are, are able to actually tell the story of other people and actually use it and um, have it make sense mm-hmm. more than anything, mm-hmm. right? Your mm-hmm. ability to do that, um, like that on its own is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And you're adding it to your experiences as, as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, I don't know, man, that's a magnifying glass mm-hmm. taken to another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, telescope. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on that note, do you find making those types of songs draining? Draining? Uh, yeah. Like, like, for instance, for me, when I'm creating, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, I create a piece. Normally, the meaning only comes in the end. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when I realize the meaning of a piece, mm-hmm. right, um, my, my works go over mm-hmm. um, the themes of life, death, rebirth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my personal experiences, my mental experiences um, through life. So it's only at the end of it that I'm like, holy crap, that was a draining piece mm. to create. Um, mm. I don't think I'm going to be doing anything for a while <laughs> again. All right. Yeah. Um, do you get that type of feeling? You know, it's more cathartic for me. Mm. I think it's more doing it actually makes me feel better because I'm, I'm expressing something that perhaps I, I don't even know that I'm thinking subconsciously yet. Or, or it's, it's kind of like, just like, I, I picture it as like these pieces in, in, in your, in the cloud in your brain where it's just random, you know, collected experiences and thoughts and small things that as you sit down to concentrate it into this thing, you're expressing this one specific story and this one specific perspective or you know if it's not a story even just like sitting down to expel something that you needed to expel Mm. you know sometimes it's like bursting with joy because i'm like you know falling in love with somebody or oftentimes it's the opposite you know like experiencing something hard in your life and or experiencing something hard from years ago in your life and understanding how that is is showing up in your life now Mm. and then sitting down and learning how to express that and i feel like that changes with age and that changes with time and you know you might write the same song and tell the same story but it evolves yeah as your perspective and evolves in you as you mature you know yeah yeah do you find that you can 
um, you can tell not not only with music, but mm-hmm. then you look at a piece and you're like, oh, it's draining. Or you yeah. look at a piece and you're like, oh, this is uplifting. Mm. Yeah. Do you find that you can tell? When of, you, when you, what, of like listening to someone else's and, or watching? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this this goes to all other arts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, film, dance, mm-hmm. and art. I was going to say music. Ooh, yeah. Pretty close there. <laughs> I love the way you say dance. Just like, oh, yes, South Africa, that all, oh, man. That all makes sense. Just, just wait. Kant and dance. I'm yeah. just, like, fascinated. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm super fascinated with, like, accents. Yeah. I can't really do them myself, but just, like, hearing. Hey, you did it right. You said Kant and dance. Yeah. Well, it, it's that. it's just um, even being here, there's, like, a different, you know, way that you speak. Yeah. Like, a little bit more closed off and, like, not here, like, in Toronto, I guess. Um, but yeah, just hearing you is like, really, I'm like, that's the thing. I'm like, wow, cool. I love the, these, the way these words are standing out and <laughs> music to my ears. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I find that like, I don't know. I, I don't believe I have an accent. Right. But you, you don't, but I find, yeah. I find people here have accents. Yeah. But yeah, they're sure. like, they're like, oh no, we don't have accents. But they're the general public, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So technically, I'm the one with the accent. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit it, but <laughs> hey, what can I do? So not to diverge too much. It's a fun diverge. What equipment do you use when creating your music? So this extends from from location, mm-hmm. right? Sound space mm-hmm. um, to even your notepad, your recorder, mm-hmm. your writing pad. Mm-hmm. Like, like, give me the fool. The full book the, of it. Full book. Yeah. Uh, for me, I I typically have an instrument, so, you know, a keyboard and uh, a microphone. I feel like I come at my art from a very vocalist perspective. Um, a preamp, um, which is kind of like this setup we have where it's just, or an interface, rather, something to process your vocals mm. and send it into your software whatever you're using so i have you know i have a daw yeah so a recording software an interface and headphones and yeah i i i kind of toggle between writing words down on uh on paper and writing on google document like a live google document where i can change and update things live and voice memos just anything that I can use to capture an idea in the mm-hmm. moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my setup is fairly minimal. And uh, anything to just help me capture chord progression or melody or something that I'm just hearing in my head. So that that could be as simple as like having your phone these days, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. But, right. you know. You don't, need, you don't need the big bucks for it. No, anymore. yeah. Um, I was talking to Jack Chen, mm-hmm. right? Amazing guy, mm-hmm. cinematographer, mm-hmm. right? And we were talking about how you don't necessarily need the most expensive gear mm-hmm. to do anything. I agree. Right? That mm-hmm. said, can you give me an estimate budget of what your gear and all comes up to? Just for the people that hmm. are starting, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it depends, I guess, if you... Uh, if you're an instrumentalist. So if you're someone, you know, who wants to pursue something like myself or you're a songwriter, you're a singer, you're playing an, an instrument, I would say, you know, find 
a decent microphone that's but microphones are so affordable these days that you could find you can have like a an sm 58 which is a really common just like live performance microphone or a 7b which is uh, really great for podcasting and you know like just vocals in general um but super affordable to just find a mic for between like 100 to 200 dollars and that's Um, possible and cables are really affordable as well an interface you could find like a scarlet interface um, which is like a pretty common like affordable one that i see Mm -hmm. people use and that could be you could find it used even for you know like 75 to 100 dollars or like buy it new for a few you know a couple hundred dollars um and yeah a laptop but i feel like having a laptop in this day and age is just wise you know it doesn't have to be apple no exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah a keyboard would be more on the pricey side so that would be that could be anywhere between like you know a grand to like so much more i there's things there are keyboards that are so expensive but you could find something within your budget mm-hmm. um like an instrument um like if it's a guitar that you play then you know invest in that one guitar that you play yeah that you're going to play and create on and yeah so you have like the main elements of what you are going to use and mm. yeah it doesn't have to be super expensive i really feel like i really believe in people using the resources they have at hand to to make what they can make mm. at you know mm. instead of waiting for for the oh, when i get this piece of gear then i can do this thing that i want there's definitely affordable ways to create your art which i actually think is super creative that when people are able to create with the means that they have because they're able to it's kind of like making a really delicious meal with like a few ingredients that you have you know and just you get you can get really creative about how you put that together yeah, so don't have to break bank. Yeah. How do, how do you feel a person should go about that? For instance, my thought is learn the skill first with whatever you have. Mm-hmm. I'll use this example again. I had this guy, mm-hmm. right? MacBook Pro 2015 mm-hmm. for those who can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I was sculpting there. Mm. It, it doesn't get a lot of polygons, mm-hmm. but it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Own those skills first, mm-hmm. right? I did that for months. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, okay, you can progress even more and you could add um, more things or you're being limited to yeah. the resources you currently have, that's yeah. when you take the upgrade, yeah. right? And that's what I did with my PC over there mm. in, in the room, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's only after in which I, I felt like that was not getting work that i felt was good enough yeah that i moved on yeah but you have to start somewhere right you have to start somewhere yeah so what what's your take on that process of reaching the gods of gear um well i really liked what you said about just starting and using what you have the laptop that you had and the program that you had you know i I, i'm so bad with remembering who said what quote Um, but there's there's this one quote (laughs) that i heard kind of not too long ago that went like the best way to get something done is to start Mm. you know and just even just the act of starting and following through with whatever it is that you're doing creates confidence and new skills and learning from your mistakes and through that actually doing it you're able to know the answers to those questions of like what kind of gear do i want Mm. because as you're going further into your artistry you can go you know what i really you know i really would love this specific synth sound and synths are 
pricey. So you can go, okay, well, I feel like I'm at a place now where I, I can clearly hear that in my music. So I'm going to invest in getting that in my, in my music or, but yeah, like similar to the last question, just start with what you have and yeah, create from, from an honest place and, Mm. and see where that takes you. And the answers will show up as you go along, you know? Yeah. And it'll be, I'm sure for the, for most of the people that I've met, it'll be a collecting process throughout your trajectory as an artist. It'll be like, Oh, this, you know, the PC for you came later on or, you know, Ooh, I really want this new guitar, you know? So you're, you're, you're collecting and, uh, um, yeah. So we've talked about how beginning of mm-hmm. gear, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to have some things that you can just work with mm. before you get to the pivotal gods of gears, mm-hmm. right? That aside, mm-hmm. have, you, have you found yourself limited by any sort of gear? And please don't mm-hmm. say, I bought another piece. <laughs> <of it." laughs> um, I actually feel like I have found myself being limited to my own abilities as an instrumentalist. Because like I said, I'm a vocalist and a songwriter. So I feel like I am able to play my instruments to a certain degree. But there are times where I, where I hear things that I just, I can't really play on my own or execute on my own. So I feel like in that sense that's a really good time to bring in collaboration, you know, Mm. just kind of have have a basic idea, especially if you're, you know, for me being a songwriter, having a melody and chords, if you were able to take just that to, to, you know, a piano player or, you know, someone like a session guitarist or a piano player, they're able to hear what you're going for. And if they're the right fit, they're able to play around and explore the idea you're going after and sort of bring in their own creative voice to that. And that, really I find really elevates the whole artistic process because you're allowing someone else to bring their own vocabulary to to the music um, but in terms of being limited by gear I definitely feel like I don't have all the tools to do everything that I want to do but I think I think it's really cool that when you find yourself at a place you've brought your art to like maybe 50 percent you're able to take it to like a studio and you know, have the right players, the right instruments played and realize your vision in that way. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I do feel like maybe limited is one way of looking at it, but it's more like just room for other people to add and other 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 things to be added to your Mm. to your piece you know yeah yeah so going on with collaboration Uh i was was gonna go to that Mm -hmm. as well right that's that's another topic that Mm -hmm. i'm really interested in firstly let's just get this out of the way Mm -hmm. right is is there someone or a group of people that you really really enjoyed collaborating with within the city yeah totally well there's so much talent in toronto and i went to I went to Humber College for music. I feel like the biggest takeaway that I had from my program were the people that I met. And I still work with those people to this day and have met other creatives through that community. And, you know, that web has sort of grown from that sort of musical hub. And, yeah, there's there's a few people that I do work with in the city that I admire and um, are so talented. Um, but then there are also people that I haven't worked with that travel in similar circles that I have sort of my, my sights set on that I want to reach out to and potentially collaborate with. So, yeah, there's lots of, lots, so many collaborators in the city. And I think that's 
really exciting mm. to find people who are going to be a good fit with your process you know what makes a person a good fit with your process i think if you share a similar somewhat similar vision um you know obviously i'm not going to reach out to like a country guitarist to like this is the way play <laughs> play like slide guitar on my music that's not the music that i write so i would try and like explore artists in the realm that i'm in um but then again if you're if you're a creative that really likes you know to do that then yeah reach out to a metal drummer whatever like do whatever you you are hearing you know um but for me yeah i feel like a good collaborator and a good fit is somebody who you're able to be very honest around and have an honest and open creative process with and obviously you know able to bring certain things to like actually be able to write things and, and record things that you're that you're wanting to hear but even more importantly than ability and um in the genre that you play in i feel like nowadays i look for people who are able to be really open in the process and really honest but encouraging and not because I feel like a, a person's vibe can really change the trajectory of a process. And if someone's coming in and saying, oh, that's, ugh, I don't like that. Or, you know, that's. You're killing my vibe. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, this vibe or, you know, or like this sounds like, you know, insert negative word. It can really kind of put the artists in their own head. And I try to be aware when I'm the person on the other end, when someone reached out to me to like sing on their thing or, you know, create Bee Gees or whatever it is they want me to do that I'm bringing honesty, like this is what I think, but ultimately it's up to you. Yeah. You know, this is your vision, I'm here to support it. Yeah. So supportive, I think. Supportive, open, honest, mm. vulnerable, you know. Yeah, um, you really hit the nail. Nail on the head? Thank you. <laughs> you really hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm gonna keep that part. <laughs> you really hit the nail on the head with the notion of what makes a good collaboration mm -hmm. and what doesn't necessarily make a great collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to kind of further in on what doesn't make a great collaboration, right? So uh, apart from what you just mentioned, mm -hmm. what else should one keep in mind not to do when in collaboration with someone? Something that like is very well off-putting mm -hmm. and makes people want to say, you're killing my vibe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, what What else would you think? Like negativity and just getting your ego really up in there, you know, like, oh, you don't like my idea? Like, okay, well, mm. you know, there's there, there can be this like really, like we're all sensitive. Like, let's just put that out there. You can't care this much about your art and not be somewhat sensitive to, to what people say. So with that in mind, you never want to be stepping on people's feelings too hard and you never want to be... But you also don't want to be in a place where you can express how you really feel. So finding the right people, and I think finding the right collaborators is actually one of the hardest things that I've, that I've come across in my career thus far. Because I've, I've done a few different things with my music. I've backed up artists. Now I'm, I'm doing my own thing. So those are two very different things. You know, you can, you can play in a band and really jive with a band, and that could be re a really smooth, open organic process but then you could be in a creative situation with someone and and have it um and or you just don't see eye to eye with your vision you know in which case it's like it's always i feel like it's always really nice to go into a collaborative situation and say 
where can we go with this today? And if like, what can we do to take this in a different direction? And if you don't like this direction, we can always, we can always go back to what you had before. Um, especially with music, there's the freedom of just like saving a, an older version and like creating a new version. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't yeah. really like this new version. I'm going to go back to this other file that I was happy with before and start back there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite type of collaboration? Well, like you, I'm, I'm very much a solo writer. Like I like to write my ideas and realize most of the vision before I, I'm trying to, I'm figuring out that process on my own, but typically for my history, I like to finish a song like fairly done, like at least like a verse and a chorus and, uh, and another verse and a chorus or something like that. So I really love bringing in another, like set, working with session musicians particularly, um, who are creating instrumental ideas on my songs and directing them and, and you know, allowing their freedom to, to, to sort of play what they hear, but also kind of steering them in the direction that you're hearing too. So you're kind of getting this like ebb and flow um, with that process. So yeah, I really, I really like that type of collaboration of just sitting down with someone and um, getting them to do their thing, but kind of directing them to create a certain result. Because I do think you get something different than if you just sent the track to them and they do something, mm. you know, on their own. Um, so n- there's no wrong answer. It's just, you know, what whatever you like. But I, I don't know. That's an interesting question, though. Like, what's your favorite type of collaboration? I think it goes back to that other question that you had. I just like to be in a, a space where everyone's sort of enjoying what they're doing. For yeah. the, that, that's sort of like the if I there was like a guiding, like an underneath, like an undercurrent of whatever that process is. Like just there's some sort of joy and like purpose. And what we're doing yeah and if that's missing then it's kind of like well why why are we here mm. you know mm. yeah like with that mm. you like you've mentioned quite a, quite a few times that mm. you create everything and then you take your work to other people yeah, and, yeah. Um, they can help mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. finish that up for mm-hmm. you right or help the process with it mm-hmm. right um, what's the importance of having someone look over your music for you this is also for people that are really starting up because you start up you create some stuff and you're like oh i can do it and then you like most of the time um people are like oh i did it and then they just post it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um there's nothing wrong with doing that Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. then there there must be a catch to having other people come about and kind of give you some guidance um i think it depends on the artist i feel like there's some artists who are very like this is my vision and i want to do it all on my own and play all the instruments on my own and mix it and do everything and again it yields a certain result and actually with this last ep a lot of it was done uh by myself and my my partner who um who helps me with the with the production and songwriting as well and so um, we did most of it by ourselves. There were elements of um, collaboration, but um, ever since lockdown had happened, we we 
took it and just made it all in our home studio mm-hmm. and we just and it and that definitely took it in a different direction not you know I, I i do wonder what it would have been if we had continued collaborating with people and yeah just if we had taken a different direction i i wonder what that would have sounded like but we it's that's the cool and difficult thing about uh I, especially for music is committing like in this moment in time this is what i'm gonna make and when it's done it's done and you you move on mm. you know and that's something that i've struggled with because you can really sit with something forever and ever and ever and edit and over edit and overthink and and sometimes it's just like this is the best i can do in this moment and that's all right and you're always going to be looking at your art with a critical eye you know i think that's what helps us shape and make our art great but at some point you just gotta go the kid's grown it's time for them to leave the house you know yeah move on you know so that's been a really important lesson for me um to to move on and and let that go and move on to the next next whatever project that you're working on so having done this project a lot in um, isolation uh about 60 percent maybe I would say we did on our own in our home studio. And having done that, I really realized that moving forward, I don't want to do as much of that. You know, maybe like 40%. But I I feel like music is meant to be felt and played with people. Like when you think about taking your music and putting it on the stage, you're adding other people's feel. You're adding other people's vocabulary. They're, you know, they're their own take and they're playing what you're what you've made but there's a human element to it like how a drummer is feeling beat that you made or how a bassist is interpreting something that you wrote so if you have a different band you might still get a similar end result but there's a different human element to it each time depending on who you bring into that process and i really love that and having gone to a couple shows since you know lockdown has lifted i was just kind of like the first i forget who I saw, I started tearing up because I was just like, oh my God, like this is what music is. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because it's like, like music isn't meant to be in our like little home studios where yeah. we're like locked away and like overanalyzing it. It's like, uh, oh my God, is it good? Is it bad? That's my is life it blah, blah, right blah, blah. there. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's, when you open yeah. it up with to be felt with other people and to be shared with other people, you're like, oh, this is what this is about. Like, this is not meant, you know, there is a purpose element of it for you to do what you need to do with it, but it's meant to be felt with other people, especially, I'm sure there are artists that don't like to perform and and do that, but for me, I need that. And moving forward, I want to take advantage of of those uh, things and, you know, not, not take for granted the fact that you could just call up a, a collaborator and and sit and make music with them i want to do that more for sure since you're going to be doing that what what resources would you be using within the city um to create more and i won't say beginner but then someone that is starting to get serious and mm-hmm. venture more mm-hmm. into your field what resources in the city mm-hmm. are affordable mm-hmm. and can help elevate their works mm-hmm. right uh elevate mm, 
I'm still a little iffy with the elevate. Yeah, I know better. what you mean. I know right. what you mean. There's there must be a better word for just like maybe just like yeah. Uh, I'll just say add on some yeah. DLC stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I feel like if you can work with people in your community, um, and you know, a lot of the times I feel like we look at like, oh, you know what? If I could only work with that producer up there, you know, like that top producer who produced that top track and, or that, that, you know, that dream guitarist or whatever it is that you're, it's like that um, reaching thing. I feel like artists at every level can really benefit from looking around them and seeing uh, people sort of on your career place and collaborating and growing with them. Yeah. You know, like taking advantage of the, you know, I don't want to call them resources, but kind of, you know, people at your level um, and who you are genuinely friends with and, and are because you're you're kind of like going on a journey with them. Yeah. If you're starting out, you know, who do you already know that could be a potential person in your team? And, you know, sometimes that could be like your brother or, you know, a friend who does a different job, but maybe they have a really good managerial um, skill set, you know, maybe they're really good administratively or whatever. So just taking what you have and the people around you and and um and growing with them in your journey and i think that's probably the biggest resource i would recommend people mm. use yeah yeah what if oh, what if i don't know anyone mm. in the city let's say i have social media but i, I barely use it for my music i don't mm. have a following base i don't have anything mm -hmm. right i just have keyboard mic mm -hmm. and um recording gear mm -hmm. right mm. oh what do you find is the best approach to meeting newer artists in the city um it's funny when you when you ask that question i thought about like dating and how hard it is for people to like meet people <laughs> meet people that they jive with and it's kind of similar you know it's that like how do you meet good people how do you meet people who are sort of matched in your in your um you know your vibe uh and a lot of the times i feel like going you know going to a show that of like somebody who you really admire and saying afterwards and talking to them you know i really loved your show would love to would love to write with you like how would you feel about like you know just like writing together soon um or social media wise if you don't have a f huge following then maybe just making making a video or making a piece or something to share to like this is what i do and it doesn't have to be like for the purpose of like finding new like more followers and a build just like starting from a place of like this is what i do and and just putting yourself out there and starting getting used to that process of like posting and doing all of that because that is like an entire that's a monstrosity of, of its own right <laughs> yeah. so just like start start doing that and and meet people and um you know and you could meet someone online uh just like that dating thing that I was talking about. You could meet someone on social media and be like, someone commented, you could like connect with them. You're like, do you want to get together and jam on a track? You could do that um, just digitally. You could send them your track, then you know, they can send something back and um, you have nothing to lose. You know, Either way, you're making a connection and if you don't like what they make, then don't have to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Once you know one person mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you automatically 
have access to at least two people. Mm-hmm. That means you know three people. And once you have an introduction to those other two people, mm-hmm. you automatically have four new people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just the notion of like the initial start of talking to one person, mm-hmm. right? Make sure you're respectful mm-hmm. of their time. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I highly stress on, right? Time is currency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So you, time is currency. So you have to respect that, right? Mm-hmm. You have to respect their time mm-hmm. and you have to respect them, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the moment you get your first contact, mm-hmm. which, which don't get me wrong, it's hard, mm-hmm. right? You might go 10 people you're talking to but one will reply, you know, it's mass numbers, right? Same with this podcast that I've done, uh, send messages mm-hmm. and Hey, a few reply. Yeah, right? totally. And you did the thing. Yeah, you did the thing. Right. And, yeah. But then in, in the end, right. Um, like it's, it's just by word of mouth. Um, what I advise, uh, from my point of view, mm-hmm. it's just message people, mm. right. You'd be surprised how people are willing to help. Yeah. And how, yeah, that's my rant on that. Yeah, <laughs> no, teaching, teaching us here. Henry, Dr. Henry over here. The Kant guy. The Kant, <laughs> the the Kant, Kant and dance Kant guy. Dance. <laughs> Maybe he can dance. I, I actually can dance. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone? Mm. Right. Yeah, um, is I think there I know so- what you're going to ask. <laughs> Let's hear it. Is there someone in the city that for you Mm -hmm. is reachable Mm. so many oh man i you can drop a few if you want yeah yeah you don't have to you're not limited to one i mean there i feel like there are so many um artists that i'm that i am so honored to to know and to be around in that i feel like that's been a conscious choice you know because those people really influence my life and i've I've worked to surround myself with some of these artists and I'm, I'm going to particularly focus on the women of color artists that I've, um, have had the privilege to meet and, and be friends with, you know, some of those artists being, um, there's an artist named Afros, who's a dear friend of mine. So Afros is like a soul pop R and B singer songwriter incredible vocalist similarly to um claire davis who's also more of like a vintage like retro um funk r&b singer songwriter uh lydia prasad megan delima uh, there's so many people that i have watched grow over the years and and all of these especially these women they i've seen them go through so many phases in their lives become you know getting married becoming mothers even and and still being able to navigate their art with their life because mm. that's really hard i feel like especially for a woman it's like you know people talk about you know the taking time bomb of like of children and how that could make or break your uh your career and i've seen some of these people become mothers and stay uh or stepmothers or whatever and um be handed a certain um, hand of cards that may deter them from their art but in fact if anything they've used it to fuel mm. their art and that's so inspiring because you know a different way of looking at it could have been like oh well I I had kids and you know I, I did this or I you know I 
I made this choice and now I can't do my art and that would be a totally valid perspective but it's almost like they've used it as fuel you, yeah. you know to to keep going and and uh and so in that way I feel like you really don't have feel like I have an excuse <laughs> yeah. you know it's just like why why else aren't you doing what you're doing mm. you know you have everything you need you have you know yeah those those are some artists I'm I'm, I'm sure there's so many more but those are the ones that come to mind right now and check them out because they are incredible, amazing goddess women. <laughs> um, yeah, do yourself a favor and listen to them because they'll elevate your life. I'm going to be doing that. After. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, one more person I wanted to bring up through our uh, an earlier question was, um, have you ever heard of Francois Mulder? No, I have not. So he is um, a South African-born a singer songwriter artist that I, that I also we didn't go to school together but we went to the same school and he's also yeah oh. singer incredible human being yeah he's just incredible human being creative and um I feel like you two would hit it off I yeah I'd love to have a chat with him yes like, yeah yeah just yeah just someone from South Africa oh is yeah here. oh man yeah like that yeah, that sounds incredible. awesome is, is there any way that you look to inspire other people through my work mm -hmm. right um how i want people to look at my work is just an understanding of life mm. of how kind of how not to be afraid of life mm. right mm. and how to kind of have um not necessarily escape routes but more figure out ways to release the tension that you have mm. right what do you want people to take of your work um well first of all i just want to say your work is incredible thank you're you. amazing you too um, thank you and very like very much your own artistic voice and i madly respect that um you know um i feel like we're in a bit of a copy culture where <laughs> everyone wants to like repeat a TikTok video or do the same thing as everybody else and and that's fine but it's, I find it really refreshing when someone just says, this is me. And may not be the popular thing, but just they do the thing that they do because that's their you know, artistic voice and that's what they need to say. I really respect that. And I, I, it you. shows in your art. And Thank it's you like, so much. like I, we, were, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. But I, yeah, it, just, it does, when I look at your art, and it's just only through a screen. I've never been like... I'll show you in after. The, okay, great. <laughs> but it evokes a certain emotion that you're like, whoa, you know? And I don't really know what that emotion is yet, but it's like, it, it, it's very, um, yeah, Thank just you. creative. And I've heard from some people that I, I, I tend to be more vulnerable in, in my writing. Yes. You I, know? I feel that with your... You know? Yes. Yes. And that's uh, kind of that's like that's my little Pisces heart. Like I'm just like a little sensitive being, and if that allows people to be more, be more like that, or feel safe to be more like that, that's great. Um, but on a on a bigger level, as I've been pursuing uh, music, you know, I've often wondered, you know, because it, it can get hard doing what I do and. You know, I don't want to sit here and like cry about it, but it, it, it can be difficult being a creative musician. There's not um, a whole lot of um, return sometimes. So then you, you kind of come back and you ask yourself, why? Why do I do it? And I've, I've realized that I, I really want 
to be, you know, one of many representations of like an Asian creative person in, you know, earlier you said that in Western society, um, in our society, mm. to be like an archetype, like a different kind of Asian artist that perhaps can connect with, um, with other young Asian creatives or young or old. Because I feel like the more versions of that we have, the more normalized that seems in our media, you know, it you're able to look like, I feel like I, I can see like two sort of different schools of like Asian um, music right now. There's like the K-pop where it's like people from like, from a different place sort of bringing their niche to our world. And then there's, there are uh, artists who are, you know, like in Toronto, like artists like Justin Azuka, who is like, I know, like half Japanese, who um, I think grew up around here. But I don't see a lot of other examples when I think of artists like myself to model my career after. I don't see a lot of like, for me, I'm a Taiwanese um, immigrant. I'm immigrated here when I was um, 11 years old. So I feel like my family and I and myself, I've we've overcome a lot to get to the place where I could be free enough to be even be creating right yeah. now. I know I'm not like treading water anymore. We're not like trying to establish new roots in a new place. And that is like the thing that informs my perspective and my art. And I'm going to take it that. And, you know, whether I'm talking about a love song or a friend or whatever, it's going to be my perspective and I'm the vehicle of that. So I feel like I just want to be one of more voices yeah. to show up, yeah. you know, and for other people to go, other, you know, Asian creatives to look at that and go, wow, okay, well, if she can do it, then I, sh I want to do it. If that's what they want to do, you know, yeah. to feel encouraged and see the representation, you know, because mm. I think res representation is huge mm. huge you mm. know and yeah i so that that's a huge why yeah of what, what i what i do what i yeah do um i find that i find what you said quite interesting and it like um telling me where you're from mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. it actually like for me it further um makes the point that i want to make all right so Mm. hear me out mm. right mm -hmm. it might not sound okay in the beginning but it we'll, get we'll, yeah. we'll get there we'll get there right so there's this notion that um you mentioned this about my work as well and i'm looking at like hearing your work mm -hmm. right and also the visuals of it mm -hmm. right i, I mm -hmm. feel i see it people in a certain society want to be unique mm -hmm. right there's there's this um, notion that I want to be different. Mm. I want to create different work, mm. you know, that is different to everybody around me. Mm. Um, from a practical standpoint, mm -hmm. right? If you're from here and you're creating work that is basically here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're creating generic work. So hear mm -hmm. me out, mm -hmm. hear me out, mm -hmm. right? Is that you have to go to other places and when i say go i don't necessarily mean like, like physically? physically go mm -hmm. we have we're in a digital world mm -hmm. right you have to look at other inspirations mm -hmm. right and take those pieces mm -hmm. and merge them mm -hmm. with what you have mm -hmm. right take away um cultural notions and stuff like mm -hmm. that right I, I don't like playing with people's cultures mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but then just the sense of 
going to other places and using whatever elements they have mm -hmm. and combining them with what you have, mm -hmm. right? The moment you combine one element of, say, um, uh, an African themed uh, piece and you mix it with something Western, mm. you have something new on its own. Mm -hmm. that, that's pretty much my work, mm. right? Mm -hmm. the, the colors that I use. Mm. Um, I don't know if you have seen like the piece with the rope. I don't even know my post anymore. But then like there is a piece that I had that was with uh, over 2,000 strands of rope. I think right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, that on its own. Like my work is quite African themed, mm. right? But mm. then not a lot of people realize that, that it's, it's partly that. And, mm. and thus it looks unique mm. in a sense, right? Mm. So like this is whatever field you're in, mm -hmm. right? Just the notion of adding another element of another, not culture, uh, another element of another place. Yes, yeah. Right? Um, into your Western mm -hmm. type of location. Mm -hmm. You have something very new mm -hmm. to present mm -hmm. there. So, yeah, I, I find that really important mm -hmm. um, to people that want to have this unique voice. Creative mm -hmm. means combining ideas um, that don't seem to mash up together mm -hmm. and putting them together. Mm -hmm. One, uh, two or more ideas. That's, that's innovation. Creativity. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You were also talking about the biggest challenges as a musician. Yeah, earlier I had said like finding the right collaborators was one of the hardest things, mm -hmm. especially after the two years of the pandemic we've lived through. I feel like I've really noticed, especially without the distraction of gigs and shows and all these other things to sort of distract you from what's going on internally, I've really been able to sort of just see the, like the, the mental aspect of being a creative. You know, I feel like it's really challenging. Um, mostly, I think it's it's a mental game. You know, yeah. like you said, it's not. I feel like it's not a, it's not a physically hard thing to do. I think the, the mental balance, of learning to how how to balance input and output, has been really uh, um, showing up in my uh, in my career. Just learning when to stop working yeah when to talk to your family or your friends and yeah so that balance has been a huge one um and the uh, and sort of similarly it's just like how to shut off the the ego in your self-talk because i think the ego is super important it's the thing that kind of keeps you striving and keeps you moving forward but i think when you're trying to create from a really um honest place remembering to just create for the sake of creating and being really honest in that space rather than you know as you're writing a song you're like how can i make this m the most hooky popular like I, I want people to love it you know just like it it can really shape your process and it can really strangle the process yeah so just yeah i think being a creative musician learning how to shut off that critical voice and just output just like sit down and get whatever ideas don't even judge it yourself you can judge it later you can like figure out what you want to keep and what you want to throw away but it, when you're actually creating and you're sitting like down with a blank canvas or whatever you have just 
do it.